Hello, my beautiful friend. How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? Really good, bro. Everything's sweet. One of my best friends just moved to DC, so now I have a double reason to uh, go out there. It's it's written in it's written in blood. It's the place to be, man. We will see you here. Do you know where they live? No, not well, not well enough to tell you honestly. But he's I'm excited about like knowing my way around a place. I saw I'm you not good at that. running, dude. You're running. You're running far from home around there. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm like, it's a big, it's a big deal for me because I am a person who gets lost very easily, and yeah. I am also a person who is like super willing to admit that. But a lot of the, it's all just state streets and number streets and letter streets, baby. So it's pretty easy to keep everything straight. Very liberating. Sweet. We'll go. We'll have to rage at a metal show soon and take lifts and riffs live in DC. Absolutely, that would rule. I want to. Uh, Napalm Death and I Hate God are at the nine thirty club in like December, and I'm trying yeah. to make that. I'm trying to make that a thing. I'm starting to get a little bit worried about some of the show tickets that I've bought for the rest of the year, man. This I'm starting true. to worry it's going to fall apart again. It might. We might just have to wear a mask. I don't know. Who knows, bro? What do you think? We'll see. I've already found out that uh, a show I'm going to later this month, Outer Heaven, um, they're doing masks. I think masks are required. No, no, no. No masks, but you have to uh, show your vaccine card and provide a negative COVID test. And like, I'm fine with that. I, I think that that's a pain in the ass, but I don't think it's unreasonable given the state of things, you know? Right. Well, I hope the uh, um, they're going to see Goat Whore next week in Texas, but that's Texas. I feel like they don't give a fuck. Yeah, they don't. They don't. <laughs> I don't think they're going to give a fuck, man. Although I got to tell you, dude, like when we were talking to McKenna last week, McKenna from Tribal Gaze, yeah, uh, I was like super uplifted by him talking yeah. about that show he went to with like all those people choosing to wear masks and all those people being like super responsible. Like that, I think, is a good thing to see in the scene, you know. Definitely. That was really cool to hear too, especially being in Texas. So I take back what I said about Texas, Texas. Don't get mad at me. Don't Texas. Don't get it's mad. all love. Kill me. After, after this is over, Texas, whichever ones of you survive, we want to kick it with you. We like you a lot. Yeah. We'll kick it with you and we'll give you a deviant burial because guess who's in the waiting room? Oh, what shit. is it? My dog. Did you see it? Yeah. Briggs. <laughs> Jax Briggs from Mortal Kombat. This is a fantastic segue, first of all. And look at this smiling motherfucker. Hey, right hey these guys. Yo, yo. Up, dog. Phantasm cut off. You're in, brother. We oh, yeah. No, I, I was just telling Shula earlier today, you know, uh, I went back. Re I've been going back and listening to some of the older episodes recently. And I listened to the episode y'all did with the girls from Purgatory. I think it was you were the one that brought Phantasm up in that conversation and we're just like all about it. I'm like, oh, this guy, I know exactly what I'm going to wear for this meeting. <laughs> well, we haven't, yeah, we, we, we haven't talked about Phantasm in a while on here, which is weird because it was like a staple of conversation for like uh, eight episodes in a row. I will totally indulge in some Phantasm conversation. Phantasm is my number one favorite horror movie. Actually, I got some for you right here. <laughs> Oh, Look at that fucking wall of beautiful shit behind that man. Fuck yeah. Just wall of metal and horror nerdy that we love. It's coming in hot. This, this is the Anchor Bay version from like 2006 or 7, I think. Nice. 
signed by the tall man himself. Oh shit. Grimm's Where'd you meet it? Did you meet him at a con or something? Yeah. Yeah, no, right here. Yeah. Angus Scrim. Angus Scrim. His his uh signature has finally made it on the podcast, thanks to you, sir. <laughs> that means a lot. Well, Fuck, yeah. I, we've been remiss. We were so excited to get you on here that, that I just fucking totally neglected to introduce my man who we've got Who on. am I? So today on the Lifts and Rips podcast, we are joined by a good friend of mine, a guy who I have been very fortunate to get to know pretty well over the last year and a half to two years, a gentleman who hosts Metal Revolution on WVUM in Miami. He is the singer fucking deviant burial uh which has become one of my most spinned releases of the year oh, gentleman shit. by the name of chris briggs we are extremely excited to have you here man thank you so much yeah. oh thank you man you know as, as excited as y'all are to have me on which that already blows my fucking mind that someone's stoked to talk to me i can guarantee you i'm way more excited to be here myself because you know i've followed the podcast for a while now and like I, I listen to a lot of it, like when I'm on like road trips and stuff like, you know, my my parents live in, they live in Goose Creek, South Carolina, just out of Charleston. And uh, that's about an eight and a half hour drive for me from down here in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So, you know, I started throwing episodes of lifts and riffs on in the car to help kill time like the because I was just up there last week The drive up, you know, I crushed fucking uh zach from goat horde deformatory uh the aborted episode just great great driving material and fuck yeah every episode that i've listened to has just made me even more stoked to be on this one that's why like when when i hit you up on about the uh seven uh seven gates one or seven doors one yeah yeah uh, and you're like, oh, you're, you're the one. I'm like, oh, shit, that's right. I forgot about that. Fuck yeah, yeah. let's do it. <laughs> well, for, like, well, first of all, man, thank you so much for for the kind words. And we uh, we are always super excited to find out that people actually enjoy listening to this bullshit. We, like, <laughs> we enjoy ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. But it's always it's always very gratifying to hear somebody else say that they like it. And, and to go back to the last thing that you said, that was... That was like, see, if you look behind me right now, podcast people, you can't see it, but we're on Zoom, so the people in the meeting can see it. You see, like, boxes and shit all over the place. I'm in, like, a state of upheaval right now because we, yeah. long story short, we're in a in an apartment that we weren't supposed to move into, and we haven't really unpacked or anything because we're moving again on Monday, actually. Um, mm-hmm. but like, oh, wow, that soon. That, yeah, because of that, my my entire life, like I'm a very organized and meticulous person and I've mm-hmm. not been able to do any of those things over the last six weeks. So like all oh, the shit that I wanted to do, all these little notes that I'd made for myself about people I wanted to get on the show, all that shit just fucking fell apart. And then when we were talking the other day, I was like, that motherfucker right there, that's who I was trying <laughs> to do. So um, I am glad that we have finally been able to make that happen. So what's absolutely. going on, man? How are you? I'm doing pretty good, man. You know, I just got in from work a little while ago and uh, it's Friday, you know, weekend. We uh, we just had pre- my voice. My voice might sound a little fucked at times because we, we just had practice last night and uh, we're gearing up for our first show back in a little over a year next weekend. And we're going to be debuting some new material in in the set. And uh, one of the songs, it's uh, one of the new songs. It, it's a nice little tight three three and a half minute ripper very very origin-esque in music but very deicide worshipy in vocals and lyrics but the other one 
is one that it's going to open the full length album whenever we get around to actually getting that all in order it's going to open the full length and the motherfucker is like almost 10 minutes long <laughs> and I, awesome and i only just and it's like pure destruction throughout the whole time it's relentless but i only just completed the lyrics for it like earlier this week so this was the first ch- chance i had to do it to actually try it and man my voice did not like me after <laughs> doing that one a couple times <laughs> so i mean if if you you know you put yourself through this pain uh for our pleasure and we appreciate it and so i mean let's kind of start off talking a little bit about about the band about the history right deviant burial i um you know i've known you longer than i've really listened to your band like we mm-hmm. know we knew each other sort of through the through the dj yeah. circuit which i yeah. suppose we kind of created um and and then you know i found out that you were in a band and i checked some of it out and then you know that you released uh descent to the darkest circle and like i i've already told you this and there's there's no way to say it without sounding fucking i i I mean this in a good way believe me i was like this is really good and it's not that i didn't expect it to be good i just didn't kind of caught you off guard it, well, it caught me off guard because, like, you hadn't released anything before. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I, I was, I was just expecting something a little bit rougher. And I, I pop in that EP, and I was like, "This is a refined fucking death metal band with like really, really interesting influences. Like, you've got D-beat shit going on in there. At the end of that first track, there's that fucking amazing, like, Crip almost helmet slam. kind of breakdown. Like, <laughs> it's it's a really, really fucking cool mishmash of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm so excited to find out that there is a full length coming. There um, is. There, there's actually two releases coming. There's oh, the, shit. Yeah, we got two tracks down for the full length right now. Um, well, I guess I, I, I guess I should say one and a half since I only just finished the lyrics to this big one. But uh, so we got two right now for the full length. Um, and then we're also working on another EP that we're going to try to get out before the full length. It's a three track EP. And uh, without saying too much about it, I can divulge that um, Julian, my guitar player, he pretty much wrote the entire thing. Every, every bit of music you've heard Julian wrote. He wrote nice. himself and um you know, we're kind of opening up more like Austin, our bass players, contributing some stuff to the new, uh, to the full length and whatnot. I, I write all the lyrics uh, for the, uh, for the band, except for this EP, Julian's writing the lyrics for this one too. And it's kind of going almost like in a Gorguts, Pleadies Dust kind of thing where it's like Fuck. one long thing. It's three tracks, probably going to amount to around 18, 19 ish minutes or so. And it's like, it's three tracks that you could listen to individually if you want, or like as one long composition. So that we're going to try to get out, I think, before the full length, but uh, we'll see what happens. We're still, uh, we're still in the writing stages right now. I, I'm interested in the way that you describe that. I'm also interested in the way that you have in past conversations between the two of us described Deviant Burial's music, uh, mm-hmm. other stuff like the EP, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the one of the things that I that I know about you is that by trade or by education at least, you are a filmmaker. Not only and- that, but Deviant Burial is actually the 
first legit band I have ever been in. So this is the first time I've ever legit gone up and done vocals for original material and stuff. Like I've done, I've gotten up. There's a, there's another really, really badass band down here called uh, Coroidia. And uh, they're like straight up Florida death metal worship through and through. They're fucking sick. And um, I've gone up and done one of their songs with them a few times before. And that was always fun. Another really killer band from down here, Black Thrash, DB kind of band called Reapermancer. They gave me my first ever experience doing vocals, anything live on stage. I used to go up and cover Sarcophago's Satanic Lust with them. And that was a fucking blast. And, uh, and so that that eventually led to doing the Coroidia guest spots later on. And then now here I'm doing Deviant Barrier. Deviant's the first like legit original shit I've ever done (laughs) how did you learn to sing the way you do because please don't take this the wrong way with all the love in the world you have the most non-threatening speaking voice i've ever heard (laughs) and you sound like a fucking demon on this shit honest honestly i i learned through just fucking listening to other shit like you know like my way like my like i say like my top five like my five biggest influences vocally like these are the voices i swear by number one hands down will romer from mortician like that motherfucker's vocals are inhuman like it is the most dumb i mean like here you'll see right there boom mortician flag flying uh (laughs) over the closet my man is decked out (laughs) oh yeah no it's fucking everywhere but um but yeah will from will from mortician hands down number one um bit of a, a spicier take here but i i can't deny the influence this man's vo- voice has had on me craig pillard from incantation and disma and disciples of mockery like That's not spicy at all that dude fucking rules oh no yeah he totally rules but i mean like then you, you see what he does on the side like storm and shit like that and yeah it's like, that's, that's which is which is not okay yeah exactly and fucking um but yeah, so I would say, but vocally wise, voice wise, those are definitely the top two, you know, like albums like Hacked Up for Barbecue and Onward to Golgotha, uh, Mortal Throne and Nazarene, especially is a huge influence on me. Um, I guess rounding out that top three would be Chris from Autopsy, you know, the way he kind of like has his kind of louder, like, like he'll, he'll, he'll go high while staying low, you know, and it's just super fucking sick. So it's like, those are the top three for sure. And I do indulge in kind of worshiping those three voices here and there on the EP. But I guess rounding out those top five would be uh, Wagner Antichrist from Sarcophago, especially on that first album, INRI. His range is just fucking all over the place. Like he'll go from the super demonic lows to just like the most disgusting high shrieks. And then I guess rounding it out. And this and this fifth one, I would say, applies mostly to the live setting is um, uh, Black Winds from Blasphemy. Uh, the vocalist from Blasphemy, just the especially li- not so much on album because on album, Blasphemy has so much reverb and effects on those vocals to, that sounds sick. Like, I love it. But then you go and you watch live videos and you just see this huge bald motherfucker covered in spikes and shades and chains and shit. And he's just roaring his fucking head off. 
and he he's just got so much power behind those roars so i try to kind of bring that in when i'm doing it live and there are even there's even some stuff uh, parts in the uh in the new material where i try to bring that in as well but yeah so you know listening to those vocalists you know that's really kind of where i took my cues from in trying to do this shit especially like the sarcophago one you know the sarcophago cover with reaper mancer is the first time i ever ever did anything vocals anything like that so i remember it was funny i was actually i was on tour working merch for solstice when we were talking about doing that cover and they were scheduled to play a show this was back in 2014 this was the first tour that solstice did it was solstice and hellwitch together and uh, they were both scheduled to play a show down here right after the tour. So we pretty much, we were in San Jose, California, had to pack up immediately, drive back cross country, got here in like two and a half days or so. But um, that whole way, I just kind of listened to that song on repeat, like just kind of listening to what Wagner was doing, the kind of like the cues and whatnot. And then it came time, you know, Reaper Mancer was the first band that played the show. So I uh, got to the end of the set. They're like, all right, we're bringing a friend up. And I just hopped up on stage and we just fucking did it. And <laughs> I was like, yeah, this but, is fun. <laughs> well, and you, well, you're, de- I mean, you're definitely good at it. Like oh, it's, thank you. It's, it's something that sounds like you, you enjoy that you do. And then also, you know, just from somebody who listens to a lot of this kind of music, like it sounds, you're, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. But I do, I want to like, I want to go back to um, the, the filmmaking thing, right? Mm-hmm. One of the things that I noticed when you describe your music is that you use a lot of sort of cinematic and theatrical terms. And then also speaking about uh, the live performance, like with blasphemy and stuff, that also seems very visually oriented, you know? And I know that you guys mm-hmm. did the, uh, the live stream not too mm-hmm. long ago as well. Yeah. Um, how much does that, does the film world, and you can talk about horror here if you want to, mm-hmm. How much does that sort of set the stage and influence the way that you make and appreciate music? Oh, a fucking huge amount. I mean, straight up, uh, Descent is a concept EP for the most part. The first four, like the first four tracks are the concept that I came up with. So like, and I guess this kind of gets into a little bit of the history of the band as well. So it started off, uh, I was in talks with some friends uh, from a little further up north, uh, about an hour north of me, they were trying to do something. They they hit me up randomly one evening talking about wanting to do uh, some shit like incantation mixed with sadistic intent and blasphemy. I'm like, fuck yeah, let's I'm let's go. I'm down. This was about like four ish years ago, like spring 2017. And um, so you know, I met up with them. We started talking. They were writing riffs and stuff. You know, it was it was nice. And so I started, you know, I got a note on my phone uh, for Deviant where I write down all the ideas and shit that I have, both for like, you know, song ideas or like, you know, I got our set list for next weekend written down. Um, That note was originally titled for this other band. (laughs) And um, one of the ideas that I came up with just ran, I forget exactly how it came to me, was the idea of doing an EP, a concept EP based entirely on the movie Begotten. And um, which for those of you that don't know Begotten, if you don't know Begotten by name, you almost certainly know it by imagery because it's one of it's a stark black and white art house horror film from 
I think Spain from like the early nineties or something. It's got like, um, there's like an imagery of like a, uh, godlike, uh, a deity like disemboweling himself. And it's in like stark black and white imagery, total nightmare fuel. And, you know, I've like, never, I'm, I'm sitting here reading about this on Wikipedia right now. I've never heard of this before. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it's definitely something for, for, for underground freaks for sure. I'll check, I'll check this shit out. Please continue. And, uh, but yeah, so like, you know, I love this movie and, you know, the idea just came to me. It's a short movie, too. It's only like it's either right about an hour long or just under an hour long. So I was like, fuck, this would be so fucking cool to do like as like a death metal release. And so I yeah. came up with the idea for four songs, which were divine through lifeless. Um, and uh that band, I, we ended up bringing Julian into the fold. He was originally playing bass with us eventually that band kind of fell apart and uh that guitar player ended up going on to do some other really killer shit down here more in the vein of like traditional heavy metal and uh we decided to kind of soldier on you know julian had written a whole song which is now spawned into suffering and uh you know we're like fuck we don't want to just like not use this shit so we ended up like all right we're just gonna soldier on ourselves and so the name deviant burial actually was a song title i had written down for this other project and we were we were we didn't want to use the name that we had with the other projects we're like what can we call ourselves and so i was looking at this list i was like oh deviant how about deviant burial and uh i told him the whole backstory about that like deviant burials from what i read i, I found that through like a late night wikipedia crawl you know how that happens you start That's reading on stuff like maybe you're reading looney tunes and next thing you know you end up on medieval torture techniques i don't fucking know it's how that the happens. rhizome baby i yeah. love that shit <laughs> but i ended up coming across this concept of deviant burials which is like a, it's a medieval burial practice um where like you know they would reserve it for like accused witches or vampires or heretics where like they'd be uh buried under boulders and heretics would have their tongues pulled out and replaced rocks crammed in their mouths vampires were staked and decapitated you know brutal shit so i pitched it to julian like hey what about this for the name oh fuck yeah that's awesome so we landed on that for the name what's the first thing we're going to do and so i circled back around to this begotten idea and i was like you know i think this would be a fucking cool idea for maybe our first release so straight up our first release is primarily a horror movie themed release um you know like i've been into horror movies since i was that not just horror movies but just movies in general i've been into since i was like in first grade you know it was like i was six years old and it was literally the perfect storm like my mom had gotten me et the extraterrestrial from the video from blockbuster or something and it just like blew my little mind i was like whoa this is the coolest shit i've ever seen this excuse me this is what i want to do with my life and not too long after that she introduced me to the universal monster movies the old black and white frankenstein dracula and all that and that just kind of sealed the deal i'm like yep this is what I want to do with my life. And that's what I want to do within that. And so I've been into movies, movie making stuff like that from a very, very young age. So it, it's definitely influenced like watching movies for as long as I have has influenced me in so many ways, like in just like ideas that I've come up with both movie ideas, shit that I just write down or like, um, 
or now I guess for for song ideas for Deviant and maybe another project I'll talk about later on. But um, oh yeah, <laughs> uh, Tom Dang already knows about this one. I don't know if I've sent you, uh, told you much about this one, but um, but no. So like um, so movies are always right at the forefront with me in anything I do. You know, like as as much as I love Deviant Burial and as much as I love making music you know, I'm, I'm still primarily a filmmaker. Like that's, that's my career path in life. Like if I could manage to do kind of like a Rob Zombie type deal, you know, where I'm making movies and kick-ass music then fuck yeah. But movie movies have always been kind of the thing I've wanted to do the most in life. And so I try to bring that into Deviant also, like, you know, I, I helped kind of coordinate for the most part, the live stream shoot, you know, I was coordinating a lot of the camera setups and whatnot. We shot that, with a multi-camera setup, most of that I helped provide. And uh, we also had Julian's cousin and sister helping us out as well on additional cameras. Our drummer's girlfriend was on an, uh, another camera. And so, yeah, it was, a, it was a big production. And, you know, like I'm used to shooting music videos and stuff like that. And so it was interesting kind of applying that to my own band, <laughs> you know, and yeah. kind of directing from in front of the camera. So... It, it was a, it was a very unique uh, opportunity, a very unique experience. One that I definitely liked. It was stressful, but I, I liked it a lot. And uh, and then yeah, my roommate and I we collaborated on the post production. He did live sound for us on the day of, and then did post mixing. And then I did. Uh, we both tackled the video editing, and we're proud of how it came out. And yeah, I mean, well, it seems it it seems really cool and really productive um to have to to be a person who is a musician and who performs music and who creates music to have a day job that that intersects with that interest in such a productive way right mm -hmm. um and so that's that's one of the things that i you know i love to you've listened to the podcast before you know oh, yeah. that i love to talk about lyrical inspirations i love to talk about where people draw different things from regarding the art that they create and mm -hmm. some of so, we we get some people on here every now and then who we got to work on a little bit kind of mm -hmm. try and, and and get them to open up but it's really interesting to hear you talk about it the the inspirations that you have for this stuff because you're just an open book man and it, it's it's oh, that you're very talk. you're very passionate about about the stuff that you're into as well well you know you know like the way the way i see it you know i try to approach music the same way I approach filmmaking you know I try to approach it as from as much of a professional standpoint as possible but at the end of the day I am still first and foremost not just a fan but a fucking diehard fan like this is what I want to do with my life is consume this shit like this collect the, the movie the, I got movies one side music the other side this movie collection I've had this going since I was I want to say probably about 10 or 11 years old so it's yeah. like i love consuming new shit you know even if new quote-unquote news from like 30 years ago or decades before i was born decades new before my parents you. were born well that's and and so that that takes us to another aspect of your personality and sort of this 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 uh creator and consumer combination that you have here we don't really get too many people on the show like this so I, I'm really interested about your history with DJing. And I know that you've been doing it a lot longer than I have. Mm -hmm. um, and I am, am curious about how you got into that and sort of what, 
what goes into the creation of a good show? Like, how do you, how do you, what, what does successful DJing look like to you? Well, to answer the first part of your question, I got into it completely by chance. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so I remember back in 20, it was fall 2013. Uh, my mom and I went on a tour of the University of Miami. You know, I've, I've lived in South Florida now since I was six years old. I'm going to be 29 now. I just turned 29 back in June. So I've lived, mo- I grew up down here. I lived most of my life down here. Um, and, you know, originally, you know, I'd been thinking at that time about possibly moving to Orlando, Florida, about three hours north, attending uh, UCF up there because they have a really stellar film program. And, um, but, you know, we, the opportunity for University of Miami started becoming possibly a reality. So we're like, all right, well, we'll look into this as well. So, and it was funny because I, I was on that tour with almost no sleep because I'd just gone to my, I was in Miami the night before watching Terrorizer at a little small <laughs> little yes. place it was it was right when terrorizer had first come back and it was they I were think doing you a, told me about that show have you not who else was yes. on that bill it well it was terrorizer and mostly locals like um locals like it was a two-night event also so it's like it was uh and the first night so the one bef- the night before this tour it was mostly like uh thrasher die played our good friends in necromaniac played and it was mostly a lot of locals anger for those of you that are into like I'm be, i might be thinking about something before. else then uh probably yeah but, but like, i know so, you and i i know you and i have talked about terror yeah. before but yeah so i was at that the night before so i was already running on low sleep after world downfall just fucking caved my head in but uh we're on this tour and uh, we passed by the radio station and the girl that was giving the tours like, yeah, so this is our radio station. And the cool part about this is that anyone can do a radio show. You don't have to be a communications major necessarily to do a radio show. Anyone can do it. And my mom immediately nudged me. She's like, Oh, you should try getting into the radio station. If you come here. Cause you know, my mom, my mom is the one who got me, into this music you know she she grew up as a surfer in north florida she was always kind of on the fringe like listening to like what that crowd was listening to so you know going through the early 70s it was stuff like skinnerd and mountain and other awesome badass southern rock shit going into the late 70s you know you start getting into punk and hardcore and of course then she landed on metallica and fucking went from there and of course being from florida you know, eventually bands like Deicide and Obituary started kind of creeping their way in. So she, yeah. she's, she's into it. And so, you know, she got me into it and which is a, fu- uh, a fun story in itself. But um, so she's the one she's like, why don't you try doing a radio show? So I was like, all right, fuck. Yeah, that sounds awesome. That would be great. So lo and behold, I get accepted uh, in the spring. All right. Fall 2014, you're going to start. Yeah, I, I transferred into UM in my junior year of my bachelor's. Um, and uh, I remember it was orientation weekend and WVUM was having their first general body meeting of the year uh, that weekend. And so I remember my mom and dad were setting up my apartment because I, I since I came in in my junior year, I didn't have to go to the dorms. They just sent me straight to the apartments. So I was like, cool. So I told him like, all right you guys are good right here. I'll be right back. I'll be back in like an hour. So there's this thing with the radio station I'm going to go see. And so I went to the center of the campus to the 
main building and uh, attended the meeting. And afterwards, I was going to go up and talk to our programming director at the time, Meg, and ask, you know, what what I would have to do to get a radio show to do metal. While I was waiting to talk to her, this girl comes up behind me, taps me on the shoulder, is cute Asian girl, blue dress, makeup, all this stuff. You know, she comes, taps me on the shoulder and um, she's like, hey. I noticed your shirt. I was wearing an obituary shirt. Whatever. I noticed your shirt, your long hair. You into metal? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. No, what, what gave it away? <laughs> and she and I started talking. She's like, well, I run the metal show on WVUM. I was like, oh, word. There's already a metal show. Okay, cool. <laughs> and she and I started talking, you know, and one thing led to another. And she's like, yo, I, I need you on this show. <laughs> like, she, cause I asked her, I was like, what, what, do, what do you normally play on the show? And she's like, you know, I play a lot of like the, the mainstream stuff, you know, Maiden, Metallica, Gojira, Sepultura, bands like that. What are you into? <laughs> so yeah, It's like, you know, the meme of the guy sitting at the desk with the vein kind of going through yeah. his head. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so she was like, Oh my God. Yeah. I need you on the show. And so, they uh we talked to the the e-board and they said well you know since you're a new student you know you still got to do a uh a semester of rotation show before you uh, do that it. shit uh, sucks i i didn't mind it like i i my rotation slot was at like from like one to two in the morning on a tuesday morning so i was able to go on and just like talk shit and <laughs> whatever it was great but um but uh but yeah so they said as long as i did that I could go ahead and start doing uh, the metal show with with my co-host, this girl, Vienna. And uh, it was called The Vice at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, and so, yeah, awesome. So we're doing metal now. Great. Um, and it was awesome. Like, you know, I'd never done anything like that before. My first show, I forget the exact date, but it was September 2014. I came out swinging, opened the show with Repulsion, Stench of Burning Death. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And, um, and, you know, I had a blast. And um, so we, we did it as a pair, you know, through that first semester. <laughs> but uh, eventually, you know, that was Vienna's uh, uh, senior year. So she was kind of getting busy trying to get out of there. So there ended up uh, being some nights where she's like, hey, I can't make it in. Can you do the show by yourself? Sure. <laughs> totally. So the um, rest is history. Exactly. The rest is history. She ended up graduating the following, uh, the following semester and I took over. Now the, another thing to take into account too, is, you know, metal on WVUM has been a thing since the eighties. Yeah. Like it started as midweek metal mania back in, I think the mid to late eighties, stuff like that. And eventually in the nineties, I think is when it became metal revolution and, you know, it stayed kind of consistently on the air with new hosts coming through. Well, I actually, I'm actually friends with some of the older hosts of the show that weren't UM students. They just kept finding UM students that were into metal to kind of plug into that (laughs) position so that they could keep coming on and doing it. Um, And the show ended up lasting till like 2008, I think. And, um, and that's when it got taken off the air for the first time. And uh, eventually a group of students came in, new students came in and revived the idea of a metal show on WVUM. 
I think like around 2011 or so now with this new name, the vice. So, and then I come in in 2014 by this time, I'd already told some of my friends around in the local scene, Hey, so I'm doing this metal show now on WVUM. And that's when I learned, Oh, Hey, wow. We used to do that. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so they told me the whole story of metal revolution. And so when it came time for me to officially take control of the show as my own, I was like, all right, cool. First order of business, we're changing the name. <laughs> and so I went back to metal revolution. And so that's how I've kept it ever since. And even back in the day, it was always Wednesday night, 10 PM. And yeah, it's, it's a tradition. Thing. That is so awesome that you get to be a part of such a celebrated tradition. I know. Yeah, I, right? I didn't, I didn't really know that that, that it had that much history with the station. And I didn't know that this was something that you didn't necessarily, I mean, obviously you come up with your set list and everything like mm -hmm. that, but I, I, I thought that, you know, you just showed up and decided to do Metal Revolution one day. It's fucking, that to me is so cool to know that this is something that's been carried on throughout the history of the station. Yeah, it's, and, and, and you know what, you know what really kind of like, re really kind of helped it sink in that this is really like a, a thing I've become a part of is I remember during that first semester at UM, there was a tour that came down here it was uh, to Fort Lauderdale. It was the Black Dahlia murder. And I think Suicide Silence co-headlining. And uh, I went up to that because I love Black Dahlia murder. And uh, I was in the line and just started, struck up a conversation with some random older guy that was in the in the line. And when it came up that I do a heavy metal show on WVM, he immediately was like, oh, wow, the metal revolution's back. It's like, fucking random ass guy in line knows the metal revolution <laughs> so i'm like wow i i got into something <laughs> hi dude that that really is and and i think right now i think it's my show and electric kingdom live are like the two longest running shows then on our station's programming ekl is like more like kind of electronic dance stuff like that and that's been going on since i think like the mid 90s or so but yeah, so it's cool, like, you know, hosting one of the kind of pillar shows of the stations. Yeah. They How do you man for the job, man? I, even just by talking to you for these past 30 minutes, I can tell you're a fantastic DJ. Holy shit, it's been half an hour already? <laughs> yeah, right? No, you're the man. It makes me want to step up my game as a podcast host, honestly. <laughs> this dude knows what the fuck's going on. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, I actually just recently got into the whole podcasting game recently. Me and... Uh, Two of my filmmaking buddies, we we started up a podcast recently based oh, on cool. the idea of movie trilogies. Oh, fantastic! <laughs> yeah, so so it's it's kind of nice coming into that and kind of having a speaking voice, you know. <laughs> where, where can people find the uh, films you made or worked on? Uh, not really anywhere, really. I haven't really made much that I've posted out publicly. Like I've mostly kind of okay. stuck to. Um, to like uh, kind of just class projects, stuff like that, you know, stuff that I wouldn't necessarily put out for the public to, to right. check out. But, yeah, um, sure. but I have, I have done some stuff here and there, like uh, the thing, the most recent thing I've done that I'm most proud of recently is uh, I shot a video for a local band down here called Midnight Spell for a single from their debut album, Sky Destroyer, the songs Lady of the Moonlight. And uh, that video, I'm super fucking proud of how that came out. Like, it looks like a legit ass video. It's on the New Wave of True Heavy Metal YouTube channel. And it has like thousands of views now, which blows my mind. <laughs> What's it called? I want to check it out, man. Uh, Midnight Spell, Lady of the Moonlight. 
Okay, man. Thank you. But um, you know, you know I'm watch it, people listening. I'm planning on you. What? <laughs> just yelling at the people listening to go watch it. Yeah, totally. Fucking totally go support Midnight Spell. Midnight Spell yeah. is the real fucking deal. Like it's straight up new way British heavy metal worship shit. Like from South Florida, their drummers in Hellwitch. Their drummers drumming for Ingve Malmsteen, and it's it's fucking oh, this so shit great. Looks great, man. Good. Yeah, man, that's cool, man. So, and, and and given that that uh, you're talking about like new wave of British heavy metal style stuff, which <clears throat> is a lot of fun. My my show, um, the the show that I did have and the show that I do now are death both drive. very much death drive. Yes, very much rooted in in death metal. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is something that I I am familiar with the boundaries of and have been listening to for a very long time. And I sort of know when I feel okay, maybe stepping across that boundary and including Mm -hmm. something that might not necessarily be traditionally considered death metal. Yeah. Like I know you you did a, you did power trip on the air that one time. Yeah. Like power trip the way I under, for me, if possessed is death metal, power trip is death metal. Fuck yeah. If obituary is death metal, power trip is death metal. Um, Yeah. But one of the things that I'm curious about for you, given that you've got like this full spectrum metal show, mm-hmm. where do you sort of find that? How do you how do you choose a set? Like, where do you set the boundaries for what does and doesn't go on the show? I'm curious about what metal is to you. Well, you know, for the most part, it's a fucking free for all. Like, I mean, like, I mean, originally, yeah, I kind of stuck to playing mostly just kind of true metal shit, you know, like. Yeah you know, the definite, like, true metal, you know, but, um, you know, as the years go, went on, you know, I started opening up more to stuff that wasn't necessarily, quote, unquote, metal, but still heavy, so, like, you know, I, I, every once in a while, I'll interject punk rock in there, like, old school punk, new school punk, actually, the very last show Deviant played last year before everything shut down was a punk fest, in West Palm Beach and so I collaborated with the uh I collaborated with the promoter of that and did a whole two week special like two episodes special playing all the bands from that uh from that festival and so um and then of course a lot uh, more even more recently you know I've opened up to playing a lot more classic rock shit and uh stuff like that on the show so um so like uh, like i remember like a few weeks ago i uh i did a tribute to my dad for his birthday because it's the first time that was cool as fuck man that was oh man that was that was great and you know the whole episode was just nothing but like zz top which dusty hill rest in peace uh zz top van halen judas priest scorpions you know shit like that rush um and uh, and, you know, this is all stuff that I, you know, I started interjecting into the playlist kind of gradually over the years. I try to stick mostly to like the heavy shit, you know, like I especially like like I like I've told you before, Schuler, your show had a profound impact on how I do my show, you know, like highlight, uh, especially in the way you like, you know, you would highlight a lot of up and coming acts, you know, you highlight a lot of independent labels and all the sick shit that they're putting out. And, you know, like nowadays, I once a month, I do an all death metal show, mostly from stemming from listening to your show. And, um, and, you know, and like, um, so yeah, it's like, you know, I love, and you know, I love doing diverse playlists, though, like, you know, I love 
just that whiplash of yes. going from something that fucking shreds like Dokken or even like old Cinderella or rat or whatever to like the yeah. next block is just nothing but like, like I just <laughs> I fucking love that. Especially cause like, yeah, like I, I love trolling people, you know, and yeah. I know I have, we do a little bit of trolling. We do a little bit of trolling. I wish yeah. Alex was in the chat right now. Good, <laughs> yeah. I actually just played Heliophobia this week. It was awesome. <laughs> He's gonna tie that. His band is tight, man. Fuck yeah, they are. But um, but yeah. So it's like I love like that kind of um that juxtaposition, you know, of like yeah. like stuff that like you know a lot of true metal heads would supposedly frown on, you know, like glam and yeah. like um some core stuff. Even you know, like every once in a while, like I, I'm not a big fan of deathcore but I can count the number of bands I genuinely like on one hand. Same goes for metalcore. I'm not really as big on metalcore, but there are some bands. So it's like, I'll interject blocks of those just because, you know, especially like, you know, the way I skate by on some of these things is if it's listed in metal archives, it's eligible for airplay. I don't care what you say, even if it's not, you know, like sometimes like if it should be like, you know, it's fucked up that fucking discharge gets in the metal archives because of one really terrible attempt at glam metal but fucking last days of humanity is left hanging like what the fuck's up with that and what the the one that the one that fucks me up the most is that they have they have a a notice on Meshuggah's entry that says this band is listed and accepted into metal archives based solely upon their earliest work which is considered <laughs> It's, like, it's, they that full of hell and uh nails have similar disclaimers yeah, just because of their most recent shit <laughs> but that's neither here nor there exactly um, the way i see it is if it's fucking aggressive yeah. if it shreds if it's heavy it's eligible to play on my show it's fucking metal in my opinion you know <laughs> It's it's really cool that you look at it that way because it seems like there's that that opens you up to such a wide breadth of different styles underneath mm -hmm. the metal umbrella and that kind of takes me back to your filmmaking tastes. I'm curious about what sort of even though horror is primarily where you live, mm -hmm. uh, I am curious about what other outside influences you have. Like, what are some what are some what do you think? are some movies that have inspired you either musically or film wise that would really shock me. He's well, reaching for the shelf. He's going right to the there. Shelf. Uh, this guy, oh, Alfred, Hitchcock. Alfred Hitchcock, 100%. What's your favorite Hitchcock movie? Rear window. 100%. <laughs> nice. And, um, but yeah, Hitchcock, I'm a huge Hitchcock fan. Spielberg, obviously ET was like the <laughs> fucking thing that got me into filmmaking, you know, like, Jurassic Park, Jaws, uh, Close Encounters, you know, Raiders of the Lost, all the Indiana Jones movies, all the Indiana Jones movies. Fucking I, I hear you. I, I, I hear the emphasis on that. <laughs> yes, the aliens were dumb as fuck at the end of that one, but everything up to that was awesome. But um, you know, Spielberg, Hitchcock, George Lucas, obviously. Um, you know, like those those are kind of like some of the ones that really resonate most and actually even the the i would say one of my biggest influences since i was a child is uh honestly and th and this is still to this day my favorite movie series of all time the james bond series the 007 movies i mean like right back down here i have all of them <laughs> on dvd and blu-ray and shit 
And um, those are ones I always come back to. And like, and, you know, I especially also through getting in through high school started getting more into classical film, you know, like um, I was watching a lot of like the AFI top 100 lists and stuff like that. So I started collecting a lot more classic films. So, you know, like as much as I'm into horror and all the gnarly shit, you know, I'm just like just yesterday before practice, I was watching Maltese Falcon with Humphrey nice. Bogart. Um, yeah. You know, I was uh, I love, you know, stuff like Gone with the Wind. You know, it's one of my grandmother's favorites. Um, you well, know, and see, that's and that's one of the things that makes me excited to check out your work when you do get to the point where you're comfortable releasing stuff for people, when you're able to follow through with some of the really grand ideas you have that you and I have talked about, mm -hmm. um, is the fact that you, and we see this with a lot of A24 movies, right? I think oh, a lot I love of, A24, yes. I think a lot of, of what makes a really good, or at least, if, if nothing else, a novel and interesting horror movie is when it comes from somebody who is heavily influenced by other genres. And you, I, I think that, that that really resonates with people over the last few years because of the rise of Jordan Peele, right? I, like you I wholeheartedly agree. And, and piggybacking off the A24 comment, fucking Ari Aster and Midsummer and Hereditary, Robert Eggers and The Lighthouse and The Witch, you know, these are filmmakers that, yes, are making in Robert Eggers case, really fucking weird movies. <laughs> and uh, in Ari Aster's case, downright fucking terrifying movies, but you can tell that they have a good grasp on classical filmmaking, you know, like the, like, you know, Ari Aster, I feel pulls a lot from Hitchcock in that regard, like in building suspense and whatnot. And, you know, that's what I want to try to do with film on my end is really kind of, approach it from as classical a standpoint as I can while also at the same time kind of taking it uh, uh, kind of taking cues from kind of like the gnarlier kind of gorilla style of like a lot of 70s exploitation and shit yeah. like movies like Maniac and uh, The Prowler and shit like that um, so yeah my, my filmmaking uh, stance is equal parts maniac prowler cannibal holocaust and gone with the wind maltese falcon uh casablanca you know <laughs> you're, you're drinking the cheapest possible beer out of the nicest possible glass <laughs> I, I love it and you know your influences with movies obviously are a huge or, or your 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 passion for movies obviously is a huge influence on your art i feel like there we can also take that same uh sort of draw and, and apply it to the way your work in deviant burial comes together and you yourself were naming your your most most uh influential vocalists that goes across a pretty wide swath of extreme metal right so mm -hmm. we are we are super stoked to um to see your shit when the time comes i can't wait to hear more deviant burial because it fucking rips i really hope to see you guys live again one day too i i can tell i can tell you like for the for the full length on deviant i think there's I think like four or five different movie themed horror movie themed songs that I've got Sweet. concepts for um, like everything from like uh, we have a hereditary themed song. <laughs> um, I got one that's an idea that's based on Bride of Reanimator. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah. Specifically a scene from towards the end of the movie. Um, we got one themed on uh, a, um, I, I got a phantasm song that yeah. I have a concept for. Austin came up with a concept for something based on Event Horizon, 
God damn, um, I love that movie. And then I know Zach from hearing him talk about Hammer Horror, he will appreciate this one. We have, or I, I came up with a concept for a song based on The Devil Rides Out with Christopher Lee, which is my favorite Hammer Horror film. <laughs> but um, yeah, and, and so, you know, I love pulling from movies, you know, when coming up with song ideas and shit like that for deviant and for a new project that I'm, I'm i can't say much about right now just because we're still we're tracking the demo i still got to finish vocals which i might try to do either later today or at some point this weekend but um and yeah a lot of the songs are very movie based as well you know some samples stuff like that kind of right. taking cues from mortician it's definitely a lot grindier of a project than deviant <laughs> we like grind yeah man. oh yeah Anything well, and like, do, and again, we can't wait to hear that. Sorry, go ahead, Zach. I was gonna say anything coming from him, we're fans of. So, yes. let us know, man. We will have. Let you us know. I feel like we need like three more hours with this fucking guy. Shoulder, you <laughs> I I agree, and I, there's no reason we can't get him back on here. But like <laughs> tradition, yeah, we're we've been talking about grand traditions off and on throughout this podcast. Traditions, tradition, man. As the hour yeah. winds down, we got some pretty serious shit we need to I talk about. Oh yes. I know I got one. I got an answer loaded in the chamber that he's got one loaded. Hit him with it. Chris Briggs. What is Stuffer. your favorite Black Sabbath album, my friend? See, that's an interesting question because <laughs> it, really it. Dep <laughs> it depends on what mood I'm in. Okay. Some days I will answer born again. Other days, record. other days I will answer headless cross. Those are my top like ones I go back and forth between, you know, like Sabbath, you know, like with Black Sabbath, you know, like I, I like Sabbath. Sabbath was my first ever, ever show that I yeah. ever went to. My mom took oh, cool, me to Ozfest in 2005, I think, back when it was the quote unquote farewell tour. So Bill Ward was still in the band. Oh, and um, but I feel I feel like I didn't really appreciate it enough back then because I didn't really know much about black sabbath you know i just see a bunch of old guys on stage but um i was mostly interested in rob zombie that year <laughs> but um um so yeah so and you know like with the, with the aussie stuff you know like i feel like a lot of the aussie stuff kind of gets a little overplayed to the point where it kind of overshadows the later stuff which you know i For i kind of sure. i kind of shunned black sabbath for a while there just because you know like i've heard all this shit so much in the past like you know i had a rental car at one point while for a few months while uh my car was getting worked on and it had sirius xm so i bounced back and forth between ozzy's boneyard and liquid metal mostly staying on boneyard actually and they pretty much only played the ozzy stuff or every oh, yeah. once in a while they would sneak a dio sabbath song in but you'd never hear ian gillian you'd never hear tony martin yeah um and so i kind of really just shunned sabbath for a while because it's like fuck i'm so fucking tired of all this shit and it wasn't until uh one of my friend my good friend ralph uh from thrasher die and he uh he turned me on to born again and uh, i was like holy shit this this is fucking heavy. Yeah, like it's, it's something crazy record. It's something dark. It's it's got kind of like a dark bluesy vibe to it at times, especially in Zero the Hero, like in the main verses of the song. Um, 
and you know tony's riffing on the that album and disturbing the priest the fucking yeah. shrieking disturbing ah! the priest yeah um it's fucking brutal as fuck yeah, and so i was like all right maybe i need to reconsider this stance on sabbath you know i never grew tired of the dio stuff i love ronnie james dio so yeah. heaven and hell mob rules they stuck around while the others sure. kind of fell by the wayside uh but yeah so then i started going through i checked out uh, eternal idol i liked eternal idol That's not my favorite but i like it then i got to headless cross and fucking oh my god like you know one of my favorite kind of doom ish heavy metal bands for a long time now has been candle mass yeah. and oh my god the fucking candle mass vibes yeah. coming off of absolutely cross, specifically when death calls death when calls. death calls with brian may on guest guitar one of my fave top three favorite sabbath songs and so sometimes you know so like i say sometimes i'll be listening and zero the hero will come up and shuffle and fucking all right born again's it this is the one other times i'll remember that when uh when death calls exists because you know they don't have that album on streaming yet yeah. um It'll get there eventually, but then I'll go and listen to that. And it's like, okay, no, now headless cross is it. So I'm, I'm going to say it's a split between headless cross and, uh, and uh, born again to answer that oh question I, with, I, with heaven and hell, again. bringing up the rear very closely. I feel like that's a healthy split. I feel yeah, like yes. it, uh, it covers a lot of territory sonically in the band. And, you know, I, I did go back recently and start opening, exploring the Aussie stuff more recently, like back in March, I think it was, you know, WVUM, we had our Radiothon drive yeah. and, you know, I've always done an extended show for Radiothon. And so in the past, you know, it was just mostly like a, um, it was mostly a, uh, just like an extended version of my regular show, you know, just a yeah. whole shuffle of stuff. Actually, the first time I did the extended show, it was a special I titled Donate for Death. And it was like a fucking six hour death metal special going from like 10 p.m. to like 4 a.m. Yeah, <laughs> man. Straight. But, uh, but I, I know I, I decided for this year, I wanted to do something special, you know, something really unique just for Radiothon. So I settled on the idea, you know, in the past I've done full band tributes, like I've done full show tributes to Slayer, Celtic Frost, uh, uh, Iron Maiden, uh, Judas Priest, you know, bands like that. Um, so I decided I think it's time to do a Sabbath tribute. And so I did... I, I scheduled a three hour long Sabbath tribute where I went into all eras of the band, played originals from most of the albums, covers of classics from Sabbath, from other bands all through the time. Third hour ended up not airing due to a technical difficulty. But um, but in researching that special, you know, I started to find a newer appreciation for some of the Aussie stuff, like um, especially like uh, volume four is yeah. one that I grew attached to. Um, uh, Sabotage is another one I started finding a new love for. Um, Boy, right there. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, espe but especially on volume four in particular, changes stuck out to me. Like I really, really so dig heavy. changes a lot. Um, but yeah, so I've, I've found a better appreciation for the Aussie stuff in recent months, recent years, months. Yeah. But 
still my heart lies with the more underground 80s shit specifically Gillian and Martin for sure and it's and it's tight to like know that you have a platform where people are going to listen to you and you can play this shit and hopefully expose people who've only heard the Aussie stuff to it because while I love the Aussie stuff it is a crime that so many eras of that band's history are underrepresented in popular culture it is and you know as long as I have the show which I don't know how much longer I'll have the show for because I think I may be entering talks to defend my MFA thesis at UM, possibly this fall. So I don't know, this, this might end up being the last semester I have the show, we'll see. But uh, as long as I have it, I'll be a champion for fucking all the underground shit. <laughs> work you do, brother, keep it up, man. We love Thank it. you, man. I'm, Dude, I'm, st- was- I'm, I'm stoked to have been here today. This, this was a blast. We're getting yes, back. we are. I'm, I'm glad to have finally gotten some face-to-face time to chat with you. Um, again, you know, I, I feel like you're one of the coolest connections that I've made over the last couple of years. We're so glad to get you on the show. We were super stoked on Deviant Burial, the new shit. I can't wait. Um, best of luck with the MFA, dissert- uh, with the defense, all that stuff that you've got working right now, man. It seems like there's nothing but good shit on the horizon. And it's cool when we see that come to good dudes. So thank you. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. And Zach, it was fine, great to finally meet face to face in some man. form. <laughs> I'm honored, brother. I want you back back on. You're great, bro. Absolutely. Oh fuck yeah. yeah. I I'm totally down anytime. You know where to find me. <laughs> Thank you, my talk man. Way more about Headless Cross and Phantasm. We can fuck it. yeah. <laughs> that could be its own episode. Yeah. Yes, it could be. <laughs> All, right, All right, guys. Man. Thanks again. Have a good night. Thank you, man. You guys as well. Thanks, bud. Mm-hmm. What a good dude. I was going to say, he's, he, might be, he might be my favorite guest this year. He's, he's <laughs> one of the best dudes. He's a fucking teddy bear, man. Like, he's yeah. so, he, we, we get super, lu- I feel like a broken record because I say this shit all the time, but I really do believe it and I feel really lucky about it. But, like, we get the chance to talk to some really fucking passionate and excited people. And one of the things that I like so much about Chris is that he does kind of what I have tried to do uh, or, and, and I, I think he's I think he's better at it than I am um, is just like you love this thing so very much and you and you want other people to love it too um, yeah. and I think that the work that he does as a radio host is very much um, a, 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 it's like a pure thing you know it's cool to see him get so excited about it and share that with others yeah I felt the energy and it gave me a very newfound perspective and respect on what you guys do as DJs too man it was cool to hear you talk about that you're fucking really good at what you do too man it inspires me and I love you you man and it's 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 a fun gig it's all love yeah it's similar to what we do here and since we're yes, leaving indeed. people with positive takeaways at the end of this shit do something you love everybody I think do something do yeah. something you love do something that makes you happy and if it's not a job make it up Fucking do it. Do it. We love you for it. Time, time well spent is precious. Exactly. That's why we do this. So thank you, bro. That's exactly why we do this. That's what we've done. Thank you, homie. It's good to see you. We'll talk soon. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Peace yeah, out, brother. Have a great weekend. Enjoy you too, my dude.